If you started the game with Heineke, that last game against the San Francisco 49ers, which was ugly in so many ways, if you started that game with Heineke, you finish that game with Heineke. And and now everyone gets upset because Carson Wentz went in and, and had a little bit of success. I don't think either can have success if that is the move they made, and here's why. Part actually will we'll go we'll go with uh you know kind of a multi-pronged answer to, to why. Partially because Heineke wasn't playing that poorly. He had a passer rating of 114, which is flat out good. He did have the two bad drives, so I'm gonna get ahead of you on that one. Right? The two two-play drives, fumble, pick, two turnovers. He had two bad drives. But here's the thing. He didn't turn the ball over a single time until they were already down 10 to the best defense in the league. Up to that point, he had made plays that the offense hadn't been able to capitalize on. He had set them up for even more success. Now, I'm not here to say that Taylor Heineke last week led some kind of of Peyton Manning, Tom Brady offense that lit up the, the scoreboard and had everybody drooling. But I am here to say, if you went into that game confident in your quarterback the way that they wanted us to believe they were confident in their quarterback, he did enough not to get benched in that game. So what it tells me is, You weren't convicted in your belief in him prior to the game, and they were just waiting for an opportunity to jump to Wentz. First sign of of failure, first sign of struggle. They're going to jump to Wentz. They were waiting for it. They were looking for their opportunity, and and if it didn't come, they were going to create it. Now, that's fine. Again, I'm not up... I would have rather have stayed with Heineke, but I'm not someone that's going to sit here and say Heineke is going to be the reason why you do or don't make the playoffs or, or Wentz is the reason why you do or don't make the playoffs. I think there's a lot of other things going on around the quarterback position. So if you believe in Wentz, go ahead. If you believe in Wentz, go ahead. I'm fine with that. I mean, I, I could argue with you and we, and we may get into some of those arguments, but if you're convinced in Wentz, be convinced in Wentz. Go to him as soon as he's healthy enough to play. If you think that offense needs 6'3", 6'4", 230, laser rocket arm, go to Wentz. You know what I mean? I don't like this this feeling that they truly, truly believe their quarterbacks are within a couple percentage points of each other, and, and it's fluid, and it goes up and down. Whoever your quarterback is, you need to pick and you need to to throw all of your support behind them. I don't like the lack of conviction. Okay? I don't like the lack of of confidence in your own abilities. Scott Turner, your offensive coordinator. Ron Rivera, your head coach. You need to, to get on top of what you believe in. Get in a room and say, who's the best quarterback? Get in a room and say, who who on our roster is the best quarterback? And then use your own evaluation, right? Your football minds. Ron Rivera's been around the game for decades and decades. So has Scott Turner, especially when you consider all the time he spent following around his dad, legendary coach North Turner. Like you, you get in a room and you say, who's the best quarterback? And you don't waver based on every half or every quarter of play. Now, if it's Wentz, it's Wentz. If it's, if it's Heineke, it's Heineke. But, but you have to believe in yourself and believe in your ability to evaluate football, to evaluate players, to evaluate quarterbacks more than a reaction 
You have to be proactive, right? I mentioned I opened the, the, the call line. You can call in 1-800-636-1067. Once again, that number is 1-800-636-1067. Aaron in D.C. is on the call in line. He has some thoughts on how the commanders are handling that quarterback position, so we'll go to him now. Aaron, thanks for calling in. What do you have to say? Yes. Uh, thank you for taking my call. So I think Heineke, if you think about statistics, is regressing to the mean. Him having five wins is kind of him topping out. And I think that his last few games at home, he was playing poorly. Um, I went to that first Jacksonville game where I saw Wentz where he had protection and uh, the dimes he was throwing. Um, if we can protect and run the ball, fo- run the football well, I think we'll be okay with Wentz. But I, I think we've kind of went to the well and got the most that we could get out of the turnip being uh, Taylor Heineke. Those are All right, I, general I, I appreciate the call, Aaron. Um, I do think, you know, and, and this is just kind of putting everything in context. If you go back to that week one game, which everyone is pointing to for Wentz as kind of the proof that, that he can be a bit more dynamic, what do you have? Two turnovers, right? Two ugly turnovers, right? Right there in the middle of the game. That second and third quarter was hideous. So if you, what did Heineke have last week? Two turnovers. You could say they were hideous, but they were right there in the middle of the game. It's very similar. Now, now, if you think Taylor Heineke topped out, okay, like I, I, I can get down with that, Aaron. I'm, I'm fine with that. That's, that's a, a response that we can, we can deal with. But if you thought he topped out at five wins, or you think there's even the possibility that he topped out at five wins, you don't keep trotting him out there. That's, that's what I'm getting at. You either think this is a guy who, if Turner starts play calling more to his skill set or if the offense gets built more around him, if the the teammates start helping him more, he can advance and level up and play better and get to where he's been at times. Because we've seen him play high-level football at times. I don't know if we've seen, you know, like eight straight quarters of it. But either you think you can get him there and you start him or you don't think you can get him there and you go to the guy who you do think can get there and that would be Wentz and you do that immediately. Right, Because, I mean, make no mistake about it, let's think about Wentz. Wentz is a guy uh, who, who's the, the, the most important real estate in Carson Wentz's game is between his ears. I think we can all agree on that, right? The most, the most important thing Carson Wentz deals with is the mental side of the game. It's the confidence. Because we've seen him play MVP-level football. We're going back five years or whatever it was. But we've also seen him... Uh, you know, when the pressure gets cranked up, you know, burst pipes a little bit. So much so that that if you go back and look at the rhetoric, just look at the narrative, the 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 verbiage that was coming out of Ron Rivera regarding Carson Wentz pre-injury. I mean, he reminded everyone who who would listen, meaning Ron Rivera reminded everyone who would listen, that the first thing he told Carson Wentz when Carson Wentz got to the, the facility was, you are wanted here. Right? We, we love you. You are wanted. That's not a mistake. I don't think he does that for many quarterbacks or, or players in general. He did that because he knew Carson Wentz's confidence had been shaken by Philly and Indy. So if you think Carson Wentz is your guy and he comes back from, from injury and you're still saying, Taylor Heineke's our guy, you're just playing with a, guy's who, a guy whose confidence you know is fragile. Now you're going to throw Carson Wentz in there and he's like, man, they didn't believe in me last week. If you've listened to me here on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan or anywhere else that that I I put out content, 
You'll hear something often, and it's quarterback is a confidence position. Quarterback is a confidence position. Because if you're hesitant at all, which is what I believe we saw from Taylor Heineke there at the end, if 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 you are dropping back, foot hits the the back of that that uh uh drop right five step drop hits that fifth step foot in the ground you're looking to come up if you hesitate at all thinking ah if I throw a pick they're gonna put in Carson that hesitation is the difference between a completion and, and an incompletion or an incompletion and an interception. They have not shown the confidence necessary in anyone. Not Carson Wentz at the beginning of the year, not not Taylor Heineke now, and definitely not Carson Wentz the second time around. Sabah in North Carolina is on the call-in line. You can call in as well, 1-800-636-1067. That number is 1-800-636-1067, that is. Uh, Sabah, thanks for calling in. What do you have to say about the quarterbacks? Hey there, sir. Thanks for taking my call. I'm really upset with all this, and I I keep vowing to not deal with this any longer because what uh, (laughs) Ron has done to Carson is just um, disgraceful. But you're such a nice guy, and you make such good points, so I'm going to chime in and be a participant of your program because I like your style. So if I'm trying to stay calm here, okay? Mm -hmm. This is very artificial talk for me. So if you look (laughs) at it, Heineke, after bad plays, he has always come through, okay? He came through in Green Bay. He pulled a uh, win uh, out of his butt against uh, the Colts. Um, uh, Houston wasn't, you know, that was kind of, you know, they could have won by 30 there, but Scott wanted to make sure that, you know, we didn't win by too much. That's how he usually does it. <laughs> Even in the first giant game. Okay, Philly. How about Philly? What you, I mean, he was amazing in Philly. He had that um, high snap that could have been a disaster. That could have been down 14 nothing. But what did he do? He got that ball out of bounds without having a, a, a grounding call, and we ended up tying the game 7-7. That was the game right there. And then he baits the guy into hitting him late when he just downs it quickly <laughs> so we keep the ball. None of that, none of that Wentz can do. I don't care how tall and how strong your arm is. None of that Wentz can do. Then we go to the giant games. Okay, the first giant game, we were up 10 nothing, and then Scott got very conservative. Even after all that, Heineke did enough at the end of the game to tie the game. Then in overtime, we had an opportunity to actually, or maybe it was at the very end of regulation, but I think overtime we had an opportunity right there within field goal range. And what do we do? We threw a, like a behind-the-line uh, screen. Okay. But they want to blame Taylor for that. Then you go to the second giant game. After all that Taylor did, good, bad, ugly, whatever, at the end of the day, he did score the two-point conversion when they really shouldn't have went for two. But Jahan Dotson, the hero, had a penalty. Then, after that, he did did lead them to the touchdown. But what happened? Terry McLaurin, best player on the team, had a penalty. That is nine points. We should have won that game 21-20. But Ron will never look at it that way because he doesn't have second-level vision. He already had his mind made up. He won a Wentz back in the game. And what he did is put Wentz on the sideline in that um, giant game. It's just bad karma for the team. And then he did it again in San Francisco. Heineke had his best plays against San Francisco. That little rollout where he um, didn't get the sack and threw that dime to Jahan Dobson mm-hmm. for the first yep. and goal of the six. That nothing, Wentz can't make that play. But what do we do instead? Run it four straight times. And then Ron has the nerve to say it's Heineke's fault we don't score in the red zone. That scoring is down. Fourth and one from your own 30. You go for it when you know the biggest weakness to their um, strength is our offensive line to their defensive line. And who do you have running the ball? The smallest guy on the field? Heineke, that's who you got? 
You, he wanted to set it up to make sure it looked like it was Heineke's fault. And guess why he took him out? Because he knew Heineke would have brought that team back to where it would have been to the last drive of the game. And he didn't want to see it because he wanted Wentz to get in. And so, Sabah, so I, I, I have to jump in. I have to jump in because we're up against the commercial. But uh, I appreciate you staying calm and, and so many good points there. So, so thank you and call back in a- any time. Uh, we are up against commercial. The only thing I'll say is, and, and it's it's not a counter because I agree with a lot of what Sabah was saying. Uh, the second Giants game, I did feel like we were in that moment she's describing where, you know, it, 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 Heineke made the mistake and you're thinking, all right, here's where he storms back. And it didn't quite happen on that last time. It just it, it felt like some of the shine of Heineke magic was worn off. I don't agree that that it was worn off. I'm just saying some of the shine uh, was was worn off, maybe from a public or Ron Rivera standpoint. I do think he took that opportunity to jump and, and, and set up Wentz to make his, his triumphant return. We're going to be back with more of Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Those call lines will remain open. 1-800-636-1067. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks, the switch to Wentz throughout the show, so keep those thoughts coming. But also... I want to talk a little defense, right? Offense wins games, defense wins championships. If that's true, Washington should have a championship defense, right? Stick around. Welcome back into Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Tim Donnelly. Phone lines are open, 1-800-636-1067. We started the show talking about how Washington has handled their quarterbacks. Whether you like Washington or sorry, whether you like Carson Wentz or you like Taylor Heineke, I think they just need to pick one and be convicted. That's what's frustrating to me. They're they're wishy-washy. It's you, no, it's him, no, it's you, no, it's him, no, it's them, no, it's this guy, no, it's the other guy. That doesn't allow anyone to to work through problems, and it doesn't really give the the team and the coaches knowledge of who they should be building around and who they should be working to improve with. Uh, And and the phone lines were open, and and you've called in. Quite a few uh, are waiting to get on, so we'll jump right into it. Kevin in Silver Spring is on the call-in line. Again, you can call in as well, 1-800-636-1067. Kevin, thanks for calling. What do you have to say about the quarterback situation? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I really believe that, you know, if if they make it to the playoffs, you know, if they have any chance, it, you, you got to have Wentz in there. I mean, we know what we have in Heineke. You know, he's a guy tough. You know, he'll, he'll make some plays for you. He'll make some mistakes, same as Wentz, but not with the threat of the arm that Wentz has. And defenses has to plan, you know, around a bigger arm. They ha- It's more difficult to plan around that. You know, it's – we could talk about all the toughness wrong with Heineke, but at the end of the day, you know, Wentz is the more talented player. And to be fair, he really hasn't gotten his fair shot this season. And what he was injured, um, you know, it, it was his job to begin with. You know, well, okay, Kevin, let me ask you great. this: has has any of this changed in the you know since since Carson Wentz came back and they rolled with Heineke uh, coming out of the injury and they said he's our guy? Has has anything changed in your mind that uh, you know? Because to me, it's always been kind of obvious that Carson Wentz has the physical skill set that Taylor Heineke doesn't. Well, I mean, yeah, things have changed. You had um, a B Rob came back. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, the defense started to pick up steam with. Um, you know, after we cut, uh, what's his name, William James. Right, 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 right. And I and I and I get all that, and I agree with that. But I, but what my, what I'm asking is, it, like, what the the reason why you're saying to go with Wentz would have been the reason to go with Wentz as soon as he's healthy, right? Well, 
yeah, that would have been the plan if, if Heineke, if, if, the, if the whole team wasn't winning at, you know, as a whole. You know, you would have to go back to Wentz, you know, because Ron didn't want to disrupt um, the momentum, which is, I mean, totally understandable. And I disagree with the last caller, well, what's her name, uh, Savant, or, you know, Savannah. I don't think any coach is going to sabotage, you know, the playoffs for, <laughs> you know, to purposely, you know, to prove a point. That's just, I'm sorry, that's ridiculous. I have to I chime in on that. But um, other than that, I mean, you just don't disrupt the mo- the momentum of the team at the time. I mean, he couldn't make a change at the time. It wouldn't have been feasible to make a change. But now you have to. You see what, you know, Heineke's come across, defenses that plan. These coordinators, they're smart. They're the best minds in football in the world. You know, they're going to make adjustments. That's just Ke- the way Kevin, I-, I appreciate the call. I want to react to a few things you said there. You've, you've sparked some good conversation, so call back in anytime. 1-800-636-1067. Um, First of all, you're you're exactly right. Nobody was intentionally sabotaging anything. You know, they didn't want to make Heineke look bad so they could go to Carson. But but there is an element of if what you 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 the caller just said, and I think many of us understand, you couldn't go to Carson Wentz when the offense was winning with with Heineke. Well, then are you just waiting for them to lose? Are you, are you just waiting for a bad game? Because that doesn't feel like honest, right? If if you're saying we're gonna go to Wentz, we just need to wait for Heineke to be off. That's not, I mean that is an element of not obviously and intentionally going out there and trying to make Heineke look bad. But if you're just waiting for it, that's that's not right either, right? It's like oh we can't make the switch because you know while Carson was out, Heineke was doing all of this winning, and we have to wait till they lose a couple. I mean ah. Uh. That, that, I mean, that makes her skin crawl just the same. Uh, let's go back into the calls. Uh, let's go to Rob in Haymarket. He's on the call in line. You can be as well. 1-800-636-1067. Rob in Haymarket, thank you for calling in. What do you have to add to this this quarterback discussion? Hey, man. Just, hey, really enjoyed the show. Thank and listen, you. You, we got to admit that everything Washington does as far as decision making is, is, is kind of awkward. I mean, we've seen <laughs> that. But with that said, I actually feel like the R- Rivera got a gift. Because uh, because uh, Wentz was injured, he had to go to Heineke. Heineke went on the win streak. But this is the reality. There's three reasons why you got to go back to Wentz. Number one, we haven't won a game in December, and we're in the playoff race. Mm-hmm. He's trending the wrong way, and I believe that he, he also might not be healthy. Number two, if we make the playoffs, we got to score more than 20 points. And Heineke has shown that he has difficult uh, difficulty scoring points or the offense scoring points especially in the red zone. And then finally, number three, we still haven't decided what our quarterback situation is going to be for 2023. And I really believe the only way that we're going to stick with Wentz is if he wins a, gets us to the playoff and wins a playoff game. But they've got to make an assessment. And so, yeah, it's, it feels awkward because it is awkward because it is the commanders. Uh, but I think this could be almost like a gift for them. I have to to just get a temperature on this one, Rob. Um, do you think there's a, a snowball's chance in, in the hot place that uh, that either Heineke or Wentz will be your week one starter next year? Uh, I think this is what I think. I really believe. I really believe because of what's going on in the NFC with the rest of the teams. I, I believe if we can beat Cleveland, I think we'll be in the playoffs. And if we get in the playoffs. I think that we have a great chance of beating Minnesota because we almost beat them before. And <laughs> yeah, if, Minnesota's and a little if, fraudulent. So if Carson, listen, if Carson, if Carson can somehow win a playoff game, 
with what's available in free agents and, you know, we have in our, in our organization being in limbo, I don't think anybody else is going to come here. I think they're going to have to stick with him and uh, if he can win a playoff game. But if he can't, they just have to roll the dice again. Okay, Rob, thanks for calling in. Appreciate you. Uh, call back in anytime. Once again, that number, 1-800-636-1067. Uh, I want to get one more caller in here before we head to break. Let's go to Peter in North Carolina. Uh, Peter has more to add on the quarterback situation. Peter, thanks for calling in. What do you have? Well, what I have is, is I look at it this way. You play to win the game, right? Mm-hmm. That's number one. So Heineke won five games. Whether he threw two interceptions in that game or one <laughs> interception or he fumbled twice, that doesn't count in my eyes. What counts is that he did lose. He fumbled a few times, which every quarterback in this league this year has been fumbled and thrown. Have you watched uh, uh, Brady? Have you watched all these other guys? They're throwing interceptions. This is a normal thing in the NFL. There's a lot of good defenses. Personally, I think uh, Ron really screwed this up. And if we lose to Cleveland, it's going to be a mess. You can if somebody talking about next year, don't worry about next year because next year we can have all the best quarterback in the world and still not even be close to the playoffs. Doesn't guarantee that you're going to be a, a good team because you pick a good quarterback. It just doesn't. This is our opportunity to do something. Heineke is our best choice, in my opinion. But I'm just a couch potato. He, he's just the guy. And if he is hurt, then, then that's a different story, Heineke. Hmm. But Peter, I, I think the, the coach screwed this up. Peter, thank you very much. And 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 uh, obviously you're you're correct, right? If if Heineke does have some kind of of injury, then you just be forthcoming with that, right? You, that that to me is is the the easiest thing to deal with of all of this. If he's hurt, just say he's hurt, and we're going to Wentz, and then you, you make your decision when 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 he's healthy and ready to to, to come back. My thing is, you play to win the game, and that's that's you know the the cliche. You play to win the game. It's a cliche. You, you just heard Peter reference it, but but I also look at it and say, if you're playing to win the game, you have to give whoever is your quarterback every single kind of resource, and that means time, right? Carson Wentz hasn't been getting the number one reps for the last however many weeks, months, whatever. Now you're going to ask him to go out there and perform in a high leverage situation against Cleveland. That's not all the resources. Number one reps are worth their weight in gold in the NFL. That's why Brady's and Rodgers of the world don't let their backups get any. That's why they don't go, well, I'll take six reps, you take two. No, no, they're like, I want eight. Because it's valuable. And and Carson Wentz is going to have one week of those reps, and he's going to be expected to go out there and win a must-win game. That, that's not fair to him. That's not fair to Heineke. It's not fair to the team. If you play to win the game, you pick your guy, and you give them every resource possible. I'm Tim Donnelly. This is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Phone lines will remain open 1-800-636-1067. We could talk quarterbacks all day. I do at some point want to get to that defense. So we'll talk commanders. Hopefully their defense, but maybe some little quarterbacks because that's the sizzle. That's where everyone wants to stay. Uh, the, The defense should be better coming up next. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Continuing. On this Saturday morning, good morning to all of you. Phone lines open, 1-800-636-1067. I promise I want to talk about Chase Young's return and the defense and all those first-rounders. But we'll take a few more calls on the quarterback situation as well. The team, the commanders, going with Carson Wentz, obviously made the late-game switch last week against the Niners. I'm just done with the switching. I just want somebody to tell me who their quarterback is and to be able to tell that quarterback, you're our guy for the rest of the year. 
Don't look over your shoulder. No short leash. You're our guy. That's what I want to see happen. Jeff and Gaithersburg is on the call in line. You can be as well. 1-800-636-1067. Jeff has some thoughts on on a a different element, a a different view, I should say, or different point on the quarterback situation. So we'll go to him next. Jeff, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us? Hey, good morning. How you doing? Um, So first off is that if they clip uh, Wentz, or excuse me, Carson, is it $28 million that he hit? What is the... What are we going to get for the salary cap? How is that going to help? Because I thought it would be $28 million towards that, but then I heard another show that it was only $7 million. So I was trying to figure that out. And, uh, you know, obviously we, you're talking about defense. we got to give Deron Payne money, and I believe we have to give Sweat money also, but I know we got definitely got to give Payne money. And uh, I was wondering what your thoughts on that. Obviously – uh, our offensive line's a problem with uh, Sadiq Charles and uh, the other cat on the other side. So give me some information on that. I would appreciate it. Uh, the, the the financial element is the the kind of alternate point that I was talking about, and that's what Jeff was bringing up, so good call there. Uh, call lines will remain open, 1-800-636-1067. Um, while you were talking there, I did bring up the SPO track for Wentz. So... Um, if, I, I believe if you say clipping Carson, that would be this offseason. This offseason, there's there's no ramifications. Meaning, if you cut Carson Wentz this offseason, you owe him nothing. He costs nothing against the cap uh, from, from this point forward. This year, he was getting his money regardless. As soon as you made the trade, uh, he was getting his 28 and change, $28 million. I think it's like 300 grand. Uh, and he was going to count $27 million against the cap, and and that's just kind of – or sorry, uh, the full 28. If you would have cut him, he would have co- cost $27 million. So he was getting his money regardless this year. Next year, there's, there's no – you are not handcuffed to him at all. If you would like to, you could pick up and continue to, to pay him, and it would be about $26 million a year. But I would imagine there would be a renegotiation there long before you, you – even consider bringing him back. You're looking at him and saying $26 million isn't going to happen. Um, one more call on the, the quarterback situation. Junior in Columbia, 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Junior, thanks for calling in. What do you have to say about the quarterbacks? Good morning. Um, Carson Wentz reminds me of Jeff George. I don't know if you remember Jeff George when he came here and we had Brad Johnson. Um, he deemed uh, leadership is overrated. That's what Carson Wentz reminds me of. He has a big arm. He can throw and make every pass, but he doesn't seem to be able to lead a team. He wasn't able to do it the last year in Philadelphia. He didn't do it last year with a much better running game and much better offensive line and a better defense last year in Indianapolis. I'm not sure what the what people are expecting from him. Now, I could be wrong. He could go out there and he grew a little bit over the over the last uh, eight or nine games sitting down. He learned the offense, and he can con- kind of control it. But I don't think either one of them are going to be here next year. Uh, if there's a chance for any of them, it's going to be uh, Taylor Heineke, in my opinion. You're not going to pay him $26, 27000000 million to – be mediocre, win eight or nine games. You, if you're going to pay someone twenty-eight to thirty to thirty-five million dollars, you want someone who has the potential to win twelve or fourteen games. Uh, I'm not. I know a lot of people are excited. Maybe Derek Carr might be available. I don't think Derek Carr's any better than Carson Wentz is. So I think if you're going to go 
anywhere next year is going to be young. Go with, and I'm not saying Sam Howe's the answer, but if you can't get somebody in the draft, go young, as young as you can, and try to build around them. Build that offensive line. Go as cheap as you can with that quarterback because I don't care what quarterback you have back there. They're not being protected. They're not going to be able to do anything. I don't care. Look at Aaron Rodgers at the beginning of the year when he was getting hit all the time. Uh, receivers dropping passing and everything else. If, I don't care how good you are. If you don't have the talent around you, you're not going to be able to win any kind of games. Junior, great call. Appreciate it. A lot of points made there. Uh, so, so I'll try to try to react to a few of them. Uh, one, I think Derek Carr is very good. Um, I, I don't, and I hate that Derek Carr is not going to be a part of the team for the last two weeks. I think you know, as a player like Carr, he should have demanded that he's there to help. Um, Jared Stidham, the backup, just the same way Jared Stidham was there to replace Derek Carr. So maybe that plays into the, the first point Junior made, which is the leadership element. I One thing I like to point out when that gets brought up, particularly in this, this Wentz-Heineke kind of debate, it's not either or. Okay, I feel like we look at it and we say you either go with the, the talent in Wentz or the leadership and the team camaraderie in Heineke. I want someone with both, and that's not an unrealistic expectation. Okay, you, it, it's a you need elements of both. Okay, so it's not hey we don't care about leadership, let's go with Wentz, or hey we don't care about talent, let's go with Heineke. It is a combination of the two. It is Wentz's talent plus Wentz's leadership plus Wentz's brain against Heineke, meaning his talent, his leadership, his brain all boiled together as well. And then it's the total product because I I love the fact that everyone loves Heineke. You know, Chase Young is always pointing at the back of his jersey. You know that that GIF I'm talking about, and and uh, you know he's he's giving people sneakers. Everybody loves him, but that's not going to make him my pick to be the starting quarterback solely off of everybody liking him. Just like Wentz being able to throw, uh, you know, the 18 yard out, the 18 yard comeback more accurately and and more on a line than Wentz is. I don't want that to just make him the starting quarterback either because you need both. Sometimes I think it's like you you, you feel like you're picking your theory or you're picking your philosophy when you pick out of these two. I think it should be Wentz because it's all about ability. I think it should be Heineke because it's all about leadership. No, no, no. Whoever Whoever you pick, it should be about both. I'm Tim Donnelly. This is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Phone lines 1-800-636-1067. Chase Young, 30 snaps last week. But the defense still got lit up by San Francisco at times. Where do you stand on the defense? That's coming up next. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan continuing on this Saturday morning. Not just a Saturday morning. New Year's Eve. Happy New Year, everybody. New Year's resolutions. Anybody? Got him? Going to get healthy? Going to get in shape, right? Everybody, same thing. <laughs> it is 106.7 The Fan. Call line open, 1-800-636-1067. Um, I want to focus on the Washington defense for a little bit. Because we're going to talk about the quarterbacks. We will talk about the quarterbacks. We have talked about the quarterbacks. And I don't even like that I have to say quarterbacks, plural. Because when, when your team is built the right way and cooking, it's quarterback. But we've been talking about the quarterbacks. I don't like that it's plural. Uh, but, but you know, we'll go with the, the New Year's resolution thing, right? Everybody has a New Year's resolution. Everybody can get better. 
I don't care if, if you're out there right now driving around and, and, and you know, you want to get a new car and, and you, you're in a clunker right now. Or if you're driving around there in a Lamborghini, you still have something, you, a goal you want to achieve, right? So don't just look at the problem. Strengthen your strengths. Washington defense, strengthen your strengths. Chase Young was back, played 30 snaps last week. That is a fantastic surprise. That is a lot, by the way. I, I thought it was going to be 12 to 15 max, right? I was expecting 17 snaps to be like, whoa, guy played 30 snaps last night. He played or last week, 58% of the defensive snaps. If he can do that, should we get greedy? <laughs> should should we expect super elite play? Should we expect him to get to the quarterback? He did have a pass defense, two tackles, one solo, one assisted. Should should we expect Chase Young to be a difference maker? Because if he could only play 15 snaps, I was going, how much impact could he really... If he's playing 30, 30-plus 30 snaps, maybe, that, maybe that's where the defense gets better. And you may be saying, wait, why are you saying the defense needs to get better? I have reasons. Hear me out. The Commanders give up the fourth fewest yards in the NFL. That's good. I'm not, I'm not going to somehow spin giving up the fourth fewest yards into a negative or into something they need to fix. I'm not that that tricky. Give up the 11th fewest points per game in the NFL. Now, there's a few things that play into that. You know, offense, uh, turning the ball over deep in their own territory puts the defense in a difficult situation. You're giving up points. You're not giving up yards. But it's also maybe they're the opposite of a bend but don't break defense. Some offenses, or sorry, some defenses give up a ton of yards between the 20s, but they don't, you know, they bow their neck and and they get ready to go down on the goal line, force field goals instead of touchdowns. They give up fewer points than yards. I actually don't don't really care about the the nitty-gritty. Right? I'll just average it out. Right, I'll say you're the fourth fewest yards per game in the NFL. You're the 11th fewest points per game in the NFL. You're what, the eighth best defense in the NFL? Is that what we're going with? I'm fine with that if we just keep it simple, surface level, top of the line, easy squeezy lemon peasy. And that's not even the right way to say that. I just made up a little squeezy rhyme. In five of the last six years, Washington has used a first-round pick on a defensive front seven player. I, I know that's a stat that's known because you know the names. You know Young, and you know Payne, and you know Allen, and you know Jamin Davis, and you know Montez Sweat. I know that's a fact that is known, but you need to say it out loud occasionally. Five of the last six years, they've used a first-round pick on a defensive front seven player. It's not that they should have a dominant top of the league, better than eighth defense. It's that you better have a dominant top of the league, top five, top four, top three defense. You better have that style of defense when you expend that much capital, that much draft resource on that part of the game. So if you've been saying, well, you know, the defense is the problem. They need to score more than 17 to 20 points. The defense has been solid. The offense is the problem. The defense has been good. If you've been saying they're not the problem, that's not enough. Almost half of the defensive starters, when everybody is healthy, were picked in the first round in the last rough half decade. You need to be dominant. 
You need to be great. You better have a dominant defense because the offense is going to have inherent weaknesses, inherent flaws, inherent holes in their talent because you've used all those first round picks on defense. We're going to talk about the defense, or sorry, the offense struggling on the goal line. We can talk about the offense not uh, being diverse enough. We can talk about the creativity and the play calling. We can talk about the offensive line issues. We can talk about all of that, and we will, but some of that is inherently expected. You're not expected to have everything on your offense completely taken care of. It's where you spend your resources has to be so good that it makes up for the holes and flaws in other parts of your, your roster. So if you put five... First round picks in a six year span on defense, your defense should be able to make up for an offense that struggles at times. So I'm I'm looking at a defense and saying you are very good. And I'm also looking at a defense saying your new re- new year's resolution should be to live up to your draft rankings and be significantly better than very good. If you want to know what you what it looks like when you use a bunch of first rounders on defense or what it should, look at San Fran. That defense you just played, number 1 in the league. If you just repeatedly throw first rounders at a defense, you should be that intimidating. You shouldn't be like, oh, let's be fair and call them the eighth or ninth best team in the NFL on defense. Eh, I don't love it. I don't love that at all. Had to get that off my chest. Want to talk a little defense before getting back to the quarterbacks uh, and the call-in line. 1-800-636-1067 is the call-in line. And it is open for you right now. Our our producer, Caitlin's back at the studio getting you all set up. Again, it's 1-800-636-1067. Ellis in D.C. is on that call in line, wants to go back to the quarterbacks, and that's what we're going to do. Ellis, thanks for calling in. What do you have to say about the quarterbacks? Thanks for having me on the show, man. Now you got me fired up about defense. I'm like, (laughs) defense defense wins championships. Um, Our defense is okay. It's, it's, It's hard to be dominant when when you cut or trade it away your top corner then your top safety gets hurt and your, your second best corner or your best corner, St. Juice, is hurt. So I, I think our defense is okay if we can get everybody healthy. If, if, if Curl gets points. healthy, All if St. Points. Juice gets healthy, our, our defense will, will start to dominate again. Like that's, that's sort of what I, I think on that. But if, if those two guys don't get healthy in the back end, it doesn't really matter what the front seven does. You don't have nobody that can cover anybody. So tight ends are going to run free. We don't have any safety. <laughs> George Kittle, right? Um, now, now, all good points. Your, your guy, your guy Rivera. I, I, I think he made a good decision. I, I think he's actually doing a good job of leadership. He's doing a bad job of X and O's during the game. But you know, the the team needs a little bit of of a spark. And I, I think Scott Turner, for some reason, he believes in Carson Wentz. I don't. I, I don't think it's, it's as you say. It's, it's leadership. And, and versus talent, I, I think what, what Carson Wentz lacks is heart. And I, I think I think we'll be okay versus Cleveland. Cleveland doesn't really have much to play with for. We'll be okay against Dallas. Dallas doesn't have much to play for. But when the chips are on the line in the playoffs and it's a high-pressure moment, I don't really believe in Wentz. And, and that's sort of what his track record is. But Scott Turner does. So, I mean, Ellis, you, let me, you let me ask you a question. In. Let me let me jump in here and, and, and ask you a question because you, you said um, the coaching staff, the X's and O's is, is something they need to improve on. Is is it even possible to like get the X's and O's to a point with your quarterback 
where where you're confident, right down on the goal line, fourth downs, two-minute drill, right, the, the moments when all the pressure's up, when you, you're almost building an offense, you know, this month you're building it for a 5'11 mobile rollout quarterback, and then next month you're building it for a 6'3 laser rocket arm, and then the next month you're building it for Heineke again, and the next minute you're building it for Wentz again. It's tough to really get good at the X's and O's when the X's and O's are changing that aggressively, right? Yes and no. I mean, we, we've been spoiled here in D.C., right? Like, we, we had Joe Gibbs, who won a Super Bowl with three different quarterbacks. And, Great I mean, point. he had a year where he had Stan Humphreys, and we had three wide receivers that had 1,000 yards. So if, if, if you're a good X and O guy, you're a good X and O guy. It doesn't matter who's back at center. Look at San Francisco, right? They, mm-hmm. got, they got baby genius Kyle Shanahan, which who I didn't like when he was here because he always wanted to go <laughs> shotgun on third and two. But he's learned from his mistakes. So, I mean, do we have to wait seven years for Scott Turner to, to learn from his mistakes? That seems like what we're doing right now is just having Scott do some training, on-the-job training, and hopefully in five, six years he's as good as Kyle is now. But if you remember Kyle when he first started, like, D.C. didn't like him. Like, he, he wasn't doing what he's doing now. And so he had to go to Atlanta. He had to go to San Francisco and, and mature as a play caller. So it doesn't matter who's back at center, right? Like, if, if the other team knows you're going to run, you play action. The other team, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think we're doing a bad job at X's and O's, even, even on the defensive side, right? Uh, I think Ellis, we get, we we're get, up against the top of the hour, so I got to let you go. But, but great points there, and I'll, I'll quickly, as quick as I can here, um, agree with you in, in that – the best play callers in the world, and and when you look at a Joe Gibbs team, I mean, spoiled is the best way to put it. That that's that's not exactly how it usually works, but they were able to pull it off because they were so darn good. If you could have Kyle Shanahan calling the plays, I would feel much, much, much more comfortable rolling with either of these quarterbacks. I, I will say that he is he has come into his own as a play caller, whether he had that ability or not when he was in Washington and San Francisco. I love what he's doing with Purdy. It is the overtime on 106.7 The Fan. We'll be back at the top of the next hour with more Commanders talk, including this. Ready? And this is really the most important part. I don't care who the quarterback is. Terry McLaurin is the answer. And I hope Wentz learned that lesson. Coming up next.